Welcome to the Into the Remote podcast. My name is Yurai and I am the host of the show. Together with our guests, we'll be talking about the new ways of working, discussing the best practices and exploring a new, exciting future of work. Glad to have you with us. Hello, Peter. Welcome to our podcast. Welcome to Into the Remote podcast and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Today, we're going to be talking about the company retreats, company offsites, and what role they play in the remote work strategies. And uh, Peter, you have organized with your company over 400 offsites in the past 10 years. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, more or less 400, maybe a bit more, maybe a bit less. I'm, I'm, I think it's somewhere around four and 500. We are not counting like every single offsite we organize like Oh, another one, another one, because it's. I, I think we have been, we, we have been doing it before, like when we 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 started, like oh, we have an, another offside, another offside, and now it's uh, we use different metrics, let's say, for success, for measuring success. So, Peter, to what extent have in-person retreats become a part of all overall remote work strategy? I would say it really depends on the on the company. There. Are, Companies that really need to organize a company offsite. Uh, these are typically fully distributed uh, remote companies, and it's part of their culture. So each of the for fully distributed companies, each of the employees is is uh, located somewhere, and they simply need to meet once, typically more than once, twice, twice a year, to just align on the strategy organizing some team bonding activities and and really like boost the culture but then you have uh, uh, remote companies uh, that uh, became remote because they were forced to be remote uh, because of covid and uh, they typically are structured in different way uh, what i observed uh, uh, if the company had headquarters somewhere and most of the employees in one location and then they uh, because of COVID, they started to be remote. People could work from home, but they also started to hire people from from other countries, other locations. And for this type of companies, it's it's important to to meet all together. But uh, they typically do it in the way that uh, employees who are not located ne- n- close to the headquarters. They they simply travel around like some organized times, like let's meet first week of May in the headquarters and you meet with your team and you can meet other teams. And it's just uh, it's just easier to organize it this way. And uh, you don't. So the offside is is typically a meeting in the in the headquarters. So there's like a different different type of of need. But those companies that are fully distributed, they they have a need to organize offsite. So offsite is not uh, offsite is not a, a pleasure or it's not something that they want to organize because it's cool and let's do it for for our employees. It's it's literally a necessity. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've mentioned distributed teams, and then you also mentioned um, remote friendly slash remote only teams that still have the HQ. Uh, so th- those are two different types of um, remote work strategies that these companies have adopted. And is there a correlation between how much remote the company is 
and their need to organize these company retreats? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely more remote you are. Uh, there is more need to organize retreats. But I also see that's like another extreme, uh, the companies that are uh, that are distributed, typically it's in open source uh, or like really, really high tech. They, they are by nature uh, uh, very techy and the, the people who work there are developers only. They don't have uh, maybe the other departments or very few uh, designers or other type of uh, uh professions and those sometimes don't have a need to organize a retreat because they really build everything around uh everything in online environment i can give an example that um, one of the most common things for uh, for companies one of the most common reasons to organize offsite is to align on the strategy or brainstorm the strategy and if you are very well structured remotely, uh, it's often possible to do it online. So you don't need to meet in person, but it's extremely hard. It's extremely mm -hmm. hard to, to do these things online, but there are some companies that, uh, that are managing that and uh, those don't necessarily need to organize offsites. So those <laughs> companies that don't need to organize offsites or retreats, and when we are talking about offsites and retreats, it means that the whole company is actually, or the whole team is meeting in person, right? So do they ever meet in person, or these you know extreme examples work only in a in in a remote and a fully distributed way? I can I can tell you example from our own company that we are we are Please? remote we are remote team of uh, 15 people working on it uh, on server office daily plus we have um, uh, around like 15 20 other contributors working with us but that core team we we met uh, we met last June uh, in Portugal all together and there was <laughs> the whole agenda was basically just spending time together so we didn't really have a need uh, when we met that we need to figure out some strategy because everyone was was more or less aligned because we created mm -hmm. a work and online work environment where when everyone knows what are our goals, what we want to achieve, what's your what's your job. So you don't need to meet to just align, but we definitely had the need to just know each other. There were mm -hmm. new members in the team. They never met in person uh, with each other. And yeah, it was just uh, spending time together. So it was it was an offside that was fully about um, about team bonding. So we just went for dinners together and spent time to, during the day to go to the beach, to walk, or we were just like talking together. Like we were in one room just talking about we had some agenda, but it was not, and we talked about the future and, and, and so, but it was more about knowing each other and, uh, and, and, uh, and the team bonding. And this is, in my opinion, that's one of the things that it's almost impossible to do online. You have to, you have to meet. So if you have a need that your team needs to align and there is like, there are some cracks in the company culture, Offsides are good solution for that. Not the only solution, but it's a good solution for that. And Peter, to 
build on this, you've just mentioned that one goal of a company offsite is is the team bonding. And just earlier, you also mentioned like creating a business strategy. From your perspective, which one of these business goals do you find more important? Well, depends uh, depends on the company and on the stage of the company. I noticed uh, on our customers, but also on our own business that when you are starting something or you have a new Mm -hmm. product, you have a new business, uh, it's very difficult to to brainstorm things and to build build a product, to find the product market fit online, Mm -hmm. remotely with Mm -hmm. your colleagues. Uh, And remote work is perfect once you have these things clear, you have a product market fit, you have a clear product roadmap, you have a clear strategy. Remote work is amazing for that because people can focus on their work and so. But if you don't have this, uh, it's better to meet in person. what means that it's uh, when when you are a new company or a new startup, it's great to meet and focus more on the on the business strategy. Uh, also, when you are already established company, but you want to redefine your product or you want to to brainstorm new new product features, it's a great goal for the for the offsite. If you have a feeling that uh, your your, your business strategy is more or less clear, uh, it's better to focus on the, on the team bonding. And, and team bonding should be always part of the, of, of the offsite. In other words, it's about creating opportunities uh, for people to have those shared experiences together in a natural, rather spontaneous way and not forcing something onto them that feels, feels awkward. Absolutely. Because the... Uh, typically, there is someone in the company who is uh, coordinating mm-hmm. what they want to do. And, and it's very often influenced how that person is, let's say, adventurous or mm-hmm. wants to try new things. And and some of the activities, for instance, they look exciting. That, uh, let's go to surf altogether. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. It's cool activity because for many people, it's something they tried for the first time to have a surf lesson and to go to the ocean with the with the with the surfboard but you don't have so much time mm-hmm. together to to talk interesting uh, and but it's also but it's a great icebreaker so after the surf lesson like everyone is talking about it and everyone is excited uh, and but you can you can find people who are not comfortable to go to surf because they are afraid or we had people who were like women who are pregnant during the during the retreat so of course they are not going to serve so i always uh, i always recommend to to do activities that everyone can attend everyone can do and yeah if you have some that are that are like more adventurous and and challenging you will have always some people who will not who will not attend them what is not ideal Peter, those are some great examples that you gave over there. But what about some indoor activities? Do you have examples from other companies? Well, in Surface, we typically organize uh, all the all the logistics around the retreat that are the, the accommodation, the catering, the 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 event space, the transfers, and so on and so. And we always say that we organize all these logistics. 
because you as a customer can focus on what is the most important, the, the content, the indoor uh, workshops. And we, we are not typically involved there because uh, uh, each company is, is specific and, and you as a company leader know what what are the needs? What you have to do? I I, I remember that you in the, in your previous company slide where you work, you organized some some offsites. So maybe I I, I should ask you, uh, what are those uh, what are those activities, indoor activities you you organize between the between the work sessions? That, that, that's a, that's a clever <laughs> way to to answer this question to to, to ping it on to me. Uh, yes, it's it's correct. I helped to organize um, all company all company meetings such as retreats and. Um, and and offsites, and uh, yes, we paid actually a lot of attention to building the agenda and building in also these team building activities that have a me meaning. So, for example, uh, in the morning it was usually heavily about the company stra uh, strategy and business alignment. So it was more of uh, delivering the key content onto the team. But in the afternoon we just loosened up the, the the program a little bit. So, for example, we organized the roundtable discussions um, where we uh, split the entire team, let's say 200 people, into smaller groups of five to six, and we gave them a topic to discuss. And it served two purposes. First of all, um, it helped to create the stronger bonds. And second of all, uh, it was on the topic that uh, that correlated with the entire theme of the offsite, right? Um, but uh, it was absolutely critical for us to build in this uh, these exercises to enforce enforce the the, the team cohesion uh, because as we discussed earlier these exercises are um, are pretty expensive and one of the key goals is also to create that kind of a team bonding so we wanted to maximize the time uh, with the team do you have also some external companies helping you with that like to to structure the exercises or was it all in-house and, and, and your decision? It was all in-house. Um, I was personally responsible for organizing um, some of these activities. And on top of that, I was the main MC slash moderator. So uh, putting together the whole flow. But uh, I would say the main owner of these all company meetings was actually the C-suite, right? Like the executive board um, for obvious reasons. We were talking about the company strategy. So you have to work very closely with the CEO and, and he needs to craft that story that needs to be translated uh, onto the team and, uh, and, and communicated to them. So I would say these meetings uh, are owned mainly by the, by the C-suite and obviously they need some help. So the HR department or the people team um, helps with the logistics. Uh, and um, I personally had the title of a chief meeting designer and I was helping uh, with, the, with the creating the agenda and with moderating the entire flow. That's a nice title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I missed it. Chief meeting designer. I, I do miss that title. That, that that's for sure. Uh, but let me ask you now, because you're our guest, a few more few more questions. And actually, I would like to hear your take on on who owns these uh, company retreats from 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 your experience. Who who is usually the main owner? Now it became quite popular in in remote companies to have a a new position called head of remote. And that person is typically responsible for organization of these retreats. Uh, but I don't know many companies having this mm -hmm. uh, 
um, head of remote. So in in other companies, uh, it depends on the size. Uh, so if it's a smaller startup with uh, 20, 30 people, uh, it's typically one of the co-founders, sometimes CEO, but typically one of the co-founders who who takes the responsibility mm -hmm. and wants to be the chief uh, uh, chief meeting officer. Uh, if once the company is larger, it's typically someone who works in HR. It can be uh, VP of people or head of HR. Uh, usually with some other mm -hmm. other colleagues so it's like a small team that two three people are brainstorming together what should be the the agenda get it and uh, i think one question that a lot of people are curious about how much on average are these company retreats like the cheapest uh, the most budget friendly retreats are around like 200 euros dollars per person Per day, included accommodation and and food and transfers and and our our coordination and everything. That's like the the lowest price in and we can do it in 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 Portugal, maybe in some places in in Spain. So it's it's a relatively co costly exercise actually to bring together, let's say, a team of hundred people yeah. from all over the world for three, four, five days of a of a retreat. Uh, so in this context. How do you how do you get these high stake meeting right? Like, what are some of the key elements on the on the programming side of things that you need to get right in order to make this investment worth it? When people ask me this question, I usually answer with uh, what to do to avoid some mistakes or how not to do it wrong, like, I like because the because, of it. <laughs> because it's very subjective. What is uh, what is right? It's different for each company, but we definitely see some patterns of how to do things in a wrong way. Uh, to give you some examples is, and that's the most common one, it's a packed agenda. Mm -hmm. When uh, it, it's very, it's natural for you if you are a, a chief meeting officer to, or <laughs> when you are organizing such an event to just pack agenda, mm -hmm. agenda together. And if you are, if you are talking also with other colleagues, uh, your your CEO, co-founders, and so and so from your company, uh, they are also uh, thinking more towards like how to add more content. We have to do this. We have to do that. Exactly. And uh, uh, the result, what what is very often happening, that uh, the the employees are tired. They have to run from one meeting, from one activity to another. Then they have like, oh, we don't have time for break because we brainstormed the business strategy, and now we have to run for a dinner. And everyone is like, oh, and you have to think that uh, people have families, they have kids, they want to, they want to maybe call them when to call them during the day or during the dinner. Like you need to give them some some space. Uh, uh, not giving employees uh, free time is one of the most common mistakes. What results in 
uh, everyone being super tired after the retreat, they need to take days off. And, <laughs> and <laughs> that's not what you want. Like you organize yeah. retreat because you okay. want everyone to have energized and, and, and start to be uh, ready for the next challenge after they come back from the, from the, from the offsite. Uh, another common mistake is to, to, to have too many goals. You right. should always have one goal and then you can have like a secondary goal because it's, it's very difficult to agree just on one goal because typically you always want to have team bonding as a goal, right? Like that's why you are meeting, but it's expensive. It takes a lot of effort to meet all together. We should have some business goal, right? So, <laughs> and, uh, and if it's unclear, what is your goal? It's, uh, it's you. Yeah, you make a lot of lot of mistakes in the agenda mm -hmm. for your employees is unclear why we are doing this and some just meant to manage the expectations. Some employees expect that we are going to I can give you example from from our last company offsite, what we had with with Surface that uh, we organize it really around the team bonding activities and spending time together and after the offsite, we send, uh, we always send uh, a feedback form that people can share like what they like, what they didn't like. And the, the most uh, common feedback was that they expected there will be more work or there will be more like uh, workshops and strategy meeting. Mm -hmm. And it was just, yeah, we didn't communicate maybe very clearly that uh, like, what, what are we going to achieve? Like for me, it was clear that why we are organizing mm -hmm. it and for, few people who were involved, but we didn't communicate it well towards the company that this is our goal, just just team bonding. And yeah, I see that for in general for companies, it's very difficult to to justify organization of the of the offsite just uh, because of team bonding. They always want to include some business uh, business strategy. And maybe the last thing I would add here is that uh, uh, when you organize the business uh, schedule for your offsite, go through whole agenda one by one mm -hmm. and and ask always ask like, can we do this remotely? Mm -hmm. And if you can do it remotely, just remove it from the agenda. And I, yeah, I guarantee you that seventy percent of things on your agenda are things that uh, you can do remotely, like. Uh, these days you have amazing tools like Miro or Mural to for whiteboards to to brainstorm the things and yeah some of these are easier to do uh, on site but uh, uh, yeah is it the best uh, use of your of your money to do it on site or to have a speech of the CEO of course the CEO can talk for two hours and you see how I'm I, I I'm unstoppable I I can talk forever but i can i can do it on uh, i can do it on uh, on a zoom call right and and it would have yeah. the same same output so it like the agenda should be more focused on interacting with each other but not only with team building activities but also with the with the work agenda i really really like the last tip that you mentioned uh, mentioned peter because so many of these sessions could be done even asynchronously and uh, yeah, focusing on spending more time in person, well, I think it's the key, especially if you are going to meet with other team members only for those couple of 
days days a year. You talked a lot about business strategy or work sessions versus uh, some team bonding. What about the ratio? Is there a rule of thumb? Is there a golden ratio for these activities? There haven't been a golden ratio, but I think uh, Chase uh, Warrington from from Doist uh, <laughs> created and and it's actually a very nice framework. He calls it uh, 20, 30, 50. So it's about like what should be the ratio between the team bonding activities, work sessions, and uh, and free time. And I mentioned it before that free time is extremely important to give because you see like one hour in the agenda oh let's let's organize there something yeah no let's give your employees to some time, time to breathe go, yeah time to breathe or to go for a coffee a cro- or yeah. to have a nap like a lot of people have a jet lag so yeah 20% is free time 30% is work and 50% is is team bonding but that's uh that's the case of 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 doist how they are doing it because it's they are uh async company they have very good structure uh how to brainstorm things online remotely they don't need to do it during the during the offsite but for other companies can be can be different uh i see some pattern that it's typically is typically let's say 50 percent work 30 percent team bonding activities and 20 percent uh mm-hmm. free time well, this this is a this is a great uh, great ratio to to follow, and it makes a makes a lot of sense. And um, the age old question, <laughs> right? Again, coming back to the fact that these these are very costly exercises for any company. How do you eventually measure the impact and the ROI uh, mm-hmm. of these of these meetings? Yeah, when you are a small company, you don't have a feeling that you need to measure it because you you immediately see the the results and 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 you see people more motivated more involved more proactive uh uh there is less confusion about the 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 projects they are working on once you are bigger then you you start to ask more of these questions because it's more expensive when once you are bigger right. and right. Uh, and yeah it's 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 harder to to observe and 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 measure, I, yeah, I would say the main uh, main one, what can be measured is, in my opinion, is retention of the employees, mm-hmm. uh, because in remote work environment is is a lot about the about the your productivity. So you work remotely, you give some output for the company, company is happy and paying you for that. But the work is not only about the productivity, it's about some 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 meaning of work and and like you the feeling that you are working in the in the team with your colleagues. And once you are completely extracted from it and it's just about you are like a robot just connecting mm-hmm. in the morning, working all day, disconnecting uh you will be sooner or later burnt out or you will look for oh there is this other company that uh, uh has office in the city right. and they meet once a week and they have a happy hour on thursday and and you can actually meet some people or 
so I, I would say like this helps to 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 keep employees uh, engaged and, and staying longer in, in your company. But it's very there are definitely many other factors that influence the retention of the of the employees. So it's still difficult to measure. Peter, thank you so much for all your insights. Where can our listeners and viewers connect with you? Uh, so the company I, I talked about, it's, uh, it's ServOffice. You can go to serveoffice.com. We share a lot of insights, basically everything what I said, plus much more, uh, you can find on our blog. We try to cover every single topic or niche detail of organizing company of sites and, and events. Uh, I also share a lot of uh, lot of stuff on my Twitter and, and LinkedIn. You can find me just by typing my name. Got it. Peter, once again, thank you very much. And thank you for listening and watching thank our episode. Thank you for episode. hosting me. It was a pleasure. Likewise. Thanks, Peter.